Welcome to The Nest Podcast, a place where we have down-to-earth, uplifting conversations about women's health, healing, our inherent feminine wisdom, and the magic that happens when we decide to be the hero of our life and not the victim of it. Here we'll explore a wide range of topics from holistic nutrition, metabolic health and balancing your hormones, to mind-body medicine and how intuition, spirituality and consciousness are revolutionizing health and healing. The Nest Podcast is a safe place to land while being nourished and empowered along the way. In this final episode of Season 1, my friend Marissa Shearer is joining me as we delve into an array of topics surrounding how we consciously navigate endings and beginnings. We discuss how to move through them with intention and purpose, and how to meaningfully reflect on the year past and consciously prepare for the new year ahead. We also discuss the magic the winter season has to offer us as we enter the womb of winter. So sit back, open your heart and mind, and get ready for a dose of inspiration to motivate you on your healing journey. Let's dive in. Hi, Marissa. (laughs) Welcome. (laughs) For those of you listening, joining me today is my one of my closest friends, Marissa Shearer. And yes, her name is Marissa and mine is Mariska. Um, Very confusing. (laughs) Yes, very confusing. But yeah, no, I'm looking forward to this conversation. It's kind of like we're having tea and just letting everyone listen to (laughs) conversations that we just normally have around, uh, around your kitchen or mine. Okay, so today I want to talk about this concept of endings and beginnings because of where we are right now in the year and this idea of, for those of you who've heard previous conversations or previous episodes where I've talked about cyclical living and this idea of, you know, like everything is cyclical, you know, we have seasons throughout the year, we have the lunar cycle in the month, you know, we have our circadian rhythm of like the sun during the 24 hour day we have our menstrual cycles everything is cyclical but the larger wheel of the year like with the seasons it's soon to begin again with winter solstice here in um in the northern hemisphere and so yeah we're just kind of at the tail end of that right now before it begins again december 21st so i want to talk about this concept of endings and beginnings and explain a little bit about the wheel of the year And then we'll kind of get into some more conversations about like intentional creation of our lives. And yeah, there's lots, there's lots I haven't planned for you, Marissa. Are you ready for this? I'm ready, Mariska, (laughs) hit me. (laughs) All right. So first let's talk about the wheel of the year, because I think we have to discuss that and this cycle of creation to give our conversation context. So I know that the people listening cannot see the diagram that I'm looking at, but If you just see like this big wheel, like this big circle, and you see the year beginning for us in now, for those in the Southern hemisphere, it's a little different. And we'll talk about that in a bit, but let's just start with the Northern hemisphere. So you have the new year beginning in January, but for the calendar year, but as far as like the seasons and the old, like Celtic calendar of the year. the year began with winter solstice. So on December 21st, and then the year's broken up into these different like times of the year seasons, of course, but they're like segments. So you have like winter solstice, of course, like the 20th to the 23rd in the Northern hemisphere, winter solstice in the Southern hemisphere is the 20th to 23rd of June. And that is the time of deep rest and renewal while nature dreams 
within the womb of the earth and the sun is reborn giving us more hours of light each day right so it's like from winter solstice in the northern hemisphere onward we're gonna like the days begin to get longer and then you have uh, in bulk which is the beginning of February and that's like a time of rebirthing so that's like when you start to see the first shoots of like greens that's when like the lambs are in the pasture and it's like this renewal of our hopes and our plans that moves then into spring equinox which is the 20th 23rd of March in the northern hemisphere so that's a time when life springs forth with the turn of the season bringing joy exuberance and like all the blossoms right and then that leads into Beltane which is maple day so like the first of May in the Northern Hemisphere. And it's quoted as a time for lovers, the fertile season. So, you know, when, when everything is mating, all life is seeded through the marriage of opposites and their magical embrace. That's like kind of, so this idea of like the masculine and the feminine coming together and creating life. And then you move into summer solstice. So the 20th to the 23rd of June in the Northern Hemisphere. And that's a time of power. When the sun is at its height and all life swells, like everything comes to fruition. It's kind of like the rose is in full bloom. And then you get into Lanasa, which is the 1st of August and in the Northern Hemisphere. And that's a time to feel pride in our accomplishments and the abundance. Like you kind of see the abundance of life and the harvest begins and everything is in its fullness. And that moves into autumn equinox in the like around the 20th 23rd of September in the northern hemisphere and again it's like this continuation of like everything has come to a culmination like you're gathering the harvest it's a time to prepare for the darkness ahead because the days after summer solstice begin to get shorter and the nights get longer and it's a time to find gratitude for like the bounty and then you move into Sawin and we should do next year I'm going to do a whole episode on Sawin you should join me for that one Sawin is it's Halloween right but well halloween came after the name halloween came after i feel like it's such a misunderstood time it's a time when the veil is the thinnest between this world the mortal world and the immortal world so the spirit night it's a time to face death and the darkness within and the wheel turns then back to winter and the ancestors and the spirits so it's this idea of like that's kind of like the end and then the wheel begins again with the winter solstice so you have this, this rhythm that nature has basically given us. And even though we live, I mean, you and I have this unique vantage point, like you actually grew up in the Southern hemisphere. I grew up in a Northern hemisphere, but we now live in the Caribbean, which the seasons are not very pronounced, but no. <laughs> we still have kind of, I don't know. I actually, I feel like moving here where it's like sunny all the time and summer, like endless summer. It's actually given me, ironically, a greater appreciation for the seasons and falling into this rhythm with my life and celebrating these like different points during the year has actually helped me feel like more connected to my ancestors and to just to the year, really falling into that rhythm. It's made it more meaningful. Yeah. What about you? Does that make um, sense? Like what I just explained? Yeah, absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. And yeah, it's not the first time. It's not the first time you've heard it. We've been talking about this forever. <laughs> yeah. And I think, like you said, I grew up in the Southern Hemisphere and, you know, I didn't grow up with the four seasons, the complete opposite for me. But I moved from Zambia to England when I was 16 and then had the opportunity of discovering the four seasons and I haven't lived there now for nine years. But I, 
I miss that change. I miss that opportunity to feel the rhythm change, feel the season change and adapt with the way life goes, the rhythm of life, the flow of life. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure you could tell stories of how you've walked into my house in like December and how I have the AC turned up with the fireplace on. I was, on an, I was on gonna Netflix. say, yeah, <laughs> on Netflix. Netflix fire fire video going for like 50 minutes or whatever, and then press, pressing play again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the things we do to feel winter here—it's so yeah. funny. Um, but yeah, so like that's kind of like the overall context, and then you see those cycles played out in our lives in different ways, like whether it's our menstrual cycle, you know, like the lunar cycle, uh, even just in like a 24 hour day, you still have these, like these phases of energy that ebbs and flows throughout the day, right? Like we see it culturally in cultures who have like siestas built in, right? Or like, you know, at night, like there's, there's, there's an ebb and a flow. And there's also an ebb and a flow to creation. And like, I first learned about this concept through Kate Northrup. So obviously I I knew about cyclical living and all of that before, but I had burnt myself out early on in my practice, just trying to be in summer all the time. And by summer, I mean like that in my masculine sun is shining, like (laughs) energy outward, like balls to the wall, like just all the time, like this constant output. And I burnt myself out and I found, you know, this group of women through origin, which is the thing that Kate Northrup runs that work according to like they take basically adapt their business and the way that they work to follow their natural biorhythms of their menstrual cycle and that the idea is that at different phases of your menstrual cycle you have different energy and if you match the tasks of your business to the phases of of your menstrual cycle and the energy levels then you can fall into this really beautiful rhythm. So matching the tasks, like for example, if you have to do interviews or podcast recordings, etc., you can more easily do that that requires a lot of outward energy during ovulation versus yeah. doing it like when you're menstruating because you're not as loquacious or, you know, your energy is very conserved. And you know, if there's more like decision making or things where you need to like reflect that, you know, doing those during your menstrual cycle is the easiest time for you to do those things. You'll have greater clarity, greater intuition around making those decisions. So I started to apply this concept of cyclical living to my business and it made a huge difference. And then even to projects and like, and just creating things. So again, you don't always have to be creating stuff and like putting stuff out there. There's an ebb and a flow. There's a time to, you know, create and be out there in the world, but then there's also a time to retreat. And so one of the things that I wanted to talk about was with that cycle, like with, with this idea of, of the cycle, you know, there's a fertile void and the fertile void is the winter. And that's what we're headed into. And I think that it gets a bad rap. I was talking to someone this week and were you there? No, when we had no, this conversation. No, I just I think you, you spoke a little bit about it. Yeah. So it's this idea of like, I always speak about like, I'm in a fertile void. <laughs> I'll say to someone like, oh, I'm in a fertile void. And so this one friend, this is my, or my friend Molly. And uh, I was talking to her and I was talking to her about this podcast and explaining a little bit about the fertile void. And she was like, oh, that's what that means. She's like, I always thought it was like a negative thing. And, you know, I mean, if you think about it, if you ask people like nine out of 10 people, I'm sure like fall or summer or probably or even spring are their favorite seasons. Not, yeah. not many people, unless you really enjoy outdoor activities 
enjoy winter. A lot of people are quote unquote trying to escape winter. And if we think of this concept of fertile void and like winter and like laying, you know, like the barren lands and like everything, the energy is contracted and inward. And it's just, it's a very different energy than summer. If we think about that, that energy can also be found in the development of our lives and like the cycle of our lives. And so this idea of endings and beginnings and like the fertile void, I, I feel like it's something that I wanted to have you on to discuss because I know you and I have gone through lots of endings and beginnings in our lives. Yeah. And how with every new beginning, there has to be an ending. And from every new beginning, it stems from a fertile void. You cannot have creation. You cannot create. Like creation has to come from the fertile void. So if you think about it, like you apply that to our uterus, like our uterus is like a fertile void. <laughs> it's kind of like the mm. space, right? Like it's a vessel. It's like a space, empty space in, in our bodies from which there is the potential to seed life and create life. So the, there's a void, yes, but it's always fertile. There's always this potential that comes from it. So when I think of winter, like we're kind of crawling into the womb of, of Mother Earth, and from winter, there's always that potential. It's like a fertile void. Of course, there may not seem like there's a lot going on above the ground because, you know, there's snow and it's cold and dark and all these things. However, there's, it's a fertile void, meaning there's these seeds from which life will spring forth in the spring. So it's, there's always this potential. And I think if you think like other ways to people talk about fertile voids is they're going through a dark night of the soul or they're going through a rough time. <laughs> Just like, I'm just going through a rough time. Changing the perspective of the hardships in our life and seeing them as an opportunity to have a heart shift. I'm yeah. going to say that again. So it's looking at the hardships of our life and seeing them as an opportunity to make a heart shift and just recognizing that there is this natural cycle. Like we can't just expect everything to be great all the time and to be in summer and full bloom all the time. There's going to be this inevitable cycle. Like we're going to come back around to a fertile void or to a dark night of the soul. And that's just how it goes. That's just the human experience. It's how we grow. Yeah. Yeah. Is and I think, I think also um, that idea of the fertile void and maybe looking at it as a negative thing can be, you know, coming from the perspective of not wanting to slow down or not feeling like you're allowed to slow down, you know, this go, go, go culture that we, we live in. <clears throat> and yeah. Um, for some of us, it's really hard to, to do that. Um, I was listening to a podcast this week, the menstruality podcast, which I love. And, mm -hmm. um, they were talking about bear medicine and the, the animal and what it comes to teach us. It hibernates and it goes inwards. And there's so much that we can learn from that. If we take that into our period, if we take that into our menstruation, if we take that into now this winter season um <clears throat> it's going inwards yeah Lara and I talked about this on two episodes ago I think it was episode nine and it was like you know again I'm talking about predominantly you know the northern hemisphere you know at a time where we're supposed to be like where the energy surrounding us is like you know inviting us to go inward and to take that time to rest and be still and be reflective you have this like, like culturally, we've created this like <laughs> exact opposite where it's like, ah, it's like this frantic, crazy yeah. energy. 
and then we enter the new year and you know like it's just we're not really we're depleted yeah. from all the go 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 the school functions the christmas presents the the parties the yeah the food the everything that we have to do it's kind of funny i was just thinking about this now like because i was going to say you know we're not really consciously creating or being intentional about like how we want to like if you think about new beginnings and setting intentions and goals and yes there's a lot of people who talk about new year's resolutions but you haven't really given yourself the time and space to reflect on what really matters to you (laughs) during, during this time. If you're, you know, you have all these like Christmas parties and social functions or travel and, you know, the overindulgences of food, not enough rest, not enough exercise. Like it creates kind of this like almost chaotic energy from which you're then creating these intentions or goals to move forward for the year. Yeah. It's kind of the exact opposite. Yeah. yeah, From which you want to be creating. I was just going to say really lethargic, just there's, yeah, not much energy there. Yeah. So then, yeah. So it just goes back to this idea of like consciously creating your lives. Cause if you're not consciously creating, meaning sitting down intentionally thinking about what matters for you, what matters to you, and then re-engineering your life to prioritize those things, create those things. That means you're unconsciously creating your life. And what happens when we're unconsciously creating is we end up just doing like we're living externally, like living according to external influences, like our parents, the culture, friends, and then you just live the life that everyone else wants for you. It's kind of the exact opposite of what we want. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's really important to like, as I go into this year, like as the wheel begins again, I think back to the practices that I do. And I mentioned the 13 holy nights in the episode with Lara, which really helped a lot to bring back like the magic and meaning and intentionally you know think about what I want to create in the year ahead so if you're listening and that idea you know sounds great go back and listen to that episode it's in the second half of the episode that I speak about this with Lara but also she and I are going to do a live on Instagram to talk about it and how you can bring that practice into your life I just think I gave that to you last year for your birthday Mm, I love I loved doing it last year it was just so special and I did it as well with my daughter who was 10 last year what did she she think really I don't think she really understood it that well and I don't think I really did as well after I listened to that podcast I feel like I understood it a lot better but I love just every evening that was when we would do it we'd sit down we'd burn the copal and and journal and write about dreams and what happened in that day I've yet to get it out and actually have a look I'd be quite amused to see what actually you know came through but I think it's just it's something that it's a practice that you do again and again and each time it probably strengthens and deepens so I'm looking forward to doing it this year again yeah I just feel like there's a more soulful way to call in the life that we want and to like to move through the season than you know what we've necessarily been taught that the holidays are all about and I think it really begins with this concept of a fertile void and embracing that because again like I feel like in our culture we've pathologized pain to such a point that like we just want to avoid pain at all point and I'm not saying that the fertile void always has to be painful but I feel like that's oftentimes what I compare it to like when someone comes to me and they're they're emotionally suffering or they have something that's happening in their lives that's causing them to really take a look at what they want to change 
it's an invitation into that fertile void to ask themselves like what really matters what do i need to realign here and um and you know i think often people are afraid to go there they're afraid to go into that stillness they're afraid to create that space to reflect yeah did you ever feel like that oh many times i think living here in turks and caicos has been one long fertile void for me <laughs> of different layers but it's so powerful it's so potent when when you can dive in, but I think also it's the not knowing, you know, or maybe not trusting that there is something else, the other side of it, you know, believing that it's, you know, you have the mountain peak and you're at the top of it and then you come down into the valley. And when you're in the valley, you know, it's really low down. The other side of the mountain looks really far away and trusting that you will find the way to rise up that again, you know, effortlessly can be, can be challenging. Yeah. It's like that expression, this too shall pass. Like, you know, that you can't stay there forever. Yeah. And and I also want to make it clear. I'm not saying that all fertile voids <laughs> are like painful and dark and horrible. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying like, it's often when we take the time to slow down and go inward that things that maybe we haven't dealt with kind of catch up to us and we have the time to actually sit and listen. Like th- that's when those things may come up that need healing. Yeah. And it's from taking that time to then go inward and and heal and feel those emotions or do the reflection. Again, if you've been doing the work all along, then you may be in a fertile void and be like, this is wonderful. I'm just resting and I'm finding sacredness in in my daily life and taking time to connect and, and just like, you know, reserving my energy, knowing that from there will be the next part of the cycle right? From that void, there will, because nature adores a vacuum, meaning when you create space and like something will come to fill that space, like there will be life that springs forth from that void. So I just think like if there's someone listening, I know there's been times like, especially in my life where, you know, there's been an ending and then I just don't know what's coming next. And I always like, I, well, I mean, I've sat and cried with you about this, (laughs) where it's like, you know, something didn't work out how I thought it would, mm. or it's ended. And I'm like, okay, well, fuck, like what happens now? And I've often, cause I'm such a bull, like I'm a tourist through and through. It's like, I just want to charge into that next thing. Yeah. And life has always <laughs> not worked out that way. There's always been like this energy of like, I need to go in and I need to just rest and recuperate and allow the next thing to form. And then it will emerge just like spring emerges from winter. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm thinking about friends I have in my life right now who've come to me and they said, you know, like they just don't know what the next step is, maybe in their marriage or in their career or, you know, like just in life in general. And, you know, I just feel like we don't encourage that, like go inward and, you know, sit in the silence and allow, it's the allowing, I feel like Mm -hmm. we have a hard time with like, and the trusting that it will come, but just like this, you know, the sun does like the days do get longer again, the sun will rise and the light does come back in the answers, you know, just like that happens, the answers will come and the new things will emerge. So let's talk more about this idea of endings and beginnings. How are you with endings? Um, I think I have a hard time with endings, you know, and different types of endings. I think of like when I've lived my life always backwards and forwards and you know, there's that ending, the saying goodbye and having to move to the next place. I think there's a lot of fear that comes up for me around endings and Chinese year of the dog. And I very much connect to that 
I like my routine. I like to know how things are going to be. So endings are, yeah, challenging. And I think sometimes maybe I will avoid looking at what is perhaps upsetting me about an ending, you know, where perhaps it's an ending that on the outside is not something that I have orchestrated, but that has been something that's happening to me. Yeah, it's it's not something that comes easily. I've had to to work on finding the gifts in how to have a good ending. And there is ways of having good endings where, you know, there's full appreciation for what was a real honoring of that experience and knowing all of the gifts that came from it in order to have that good goodbye, close the door. You know, I even think about past relationships and I remember my mom saying, Rissa, you're standing there and your foot's in the door, you know, just let the door close. And it's like, oh, it's so hard. (laughs) (laughs) It's true, though. I like that, like about appreciation. I feel like that's such an important part of, again, it's taking, there's this overall theme of like just recognizing the season that you're in and being present in it. So if you're in a season of endings, like we are in a season of endings right now, just like literally with the year coming to a close like 2022 regardless of like where you are on the hemisphere like northern or hemispheres southern or northern we're still ending the calendar year that's still an ending that's happening for all of us and it's like looking back like I don't know if you do a practice of like a year-end review it sounds like such a business thing to do but like I've started doing that it starts around Thanksgiving with this idea of like appreciation and I mean that's I guess part of the energetic roots of Thanksgiving would be, I mean, there's a bunch of other stuff caught up in that, but like the energetics of it is like being thankful for the harvest, right? Like grateful for the bounty. And I'm not harvesting wheat from a field (laughs) in right now, but in my life, but I'm, I can take this time, this intentional time to like look back over the year and reflect on okay, these are the things that have happened and that I can appreciate. Like even like, yeah, looking back at the positive things for sure, but even the things that may have been uncomfortable or things that maybe weren't so positive, but changing the perception of those and appreciating what they taught me. Yeah. So I love the idea of like a practice, like before I go in and set intentions, I'm not necessarily a new year's resolution fan, but I think about, you know, setting my intentions for the year. And that's one of the reasons why I love that 13 Holy Nights practice so much. But mm. before I get to there, I, I have to finish the year out, right? Like there's this culmination period of time with Sawin and, and moving into solstice where I feel like it's just a more intuitive time where we can sit and really, I mean, you feel like, again, in the Northern Hemisphere, like we feel like cozying up with a cup of tea and, yeah. you know, sitting by the fire the Netflix fire in my case (laughs) yes (laughs) (laughs) but you know and just like going inwards and doing that reflective work and reflecting on like what really like what worked well you know what do you want to maybe change what's meaningful to you like what matters the most I think that's partly why you know that's partly the promise that we're all sold about the holidays is like it kind of taps into our psyches a little bit about like what matters most, like, you know, family and friends and coming together and celebrating and all these things. Again, the irony is that then we have to fill it with materialism and busyness. But if we could just really focus on creating 
you know, a, a rhythm around the holidays that does center on what really matters most. Um, I think it's a nice reminder, like when you're in that space of saying goodbye to the present year. So we're saying goodbye to 2022, you know, like what, what can we appreciate? What can we be grateful for? And then what do I want more of for the next year, like for the mm-hmm. coming year? Okay. So I have a question for you. Um, what's, how do you feel about endings and what's your, what's your process with how you handle and face endings? Yeah. So I feel like I have gotten better with endings for sure. I feel like I have like just in general, a hard time with letting go. So what's interesting is, so in Chinese medicine with the seasons, again, remember, I I think I had mentioned this before, like I learned about this idea of cyclical living first and foremost through Chinese medicine. And so with Chinese medicine, there's like different organs and different elements for each season. And in the fall, like in the autumn, it's uh, lung and large intestine and the energy surrounding lung is grief. um, And, and the energy around um, large intestine is letting go. And so I think that's really interesting that in this like ancient system of medicine, they've already known that like, this is like part of the energy of that season of, of endings is grief and letting go. Like, and so I find there's a lot, there's a lot there. And so I feel like even if the ending is something that, you know, is coming and is needs to happen and is beautiful, like there's not a negative energy to it or energy or negative connotation to it. There's still, this process of having to let go and grieve and so when I think about ending this year like 2022 saying goodbye to it moving into the next yes I can sit and have appreciation but I also feel like there's things that maybe I need to let go of it actually like makes me want to cry now (laughs) like Mm -hmm. I think of like my son being another oh my son being another year older you know Mm and soon he'll be this much older and like, you know, there's, there's times and a phase that we won't go back to. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. Okay. See, I'm not so good at it. (laughs) 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 Uh, No, I'm allowing myself to feel it. Yeah. So it's like this idea of, you know, just allowing yourself to grieve. And I think just recognizing that grief, I think this is Mm. what I was trying to get at before when I was saying like, a lot of people find it hard. A lot of us find it hard to feel those uncomfortable emotions such as grief and like this idea of letting go, but that's how, you know, life is it's fluid. And so just that recognition of that shift. So I just uh, create space. I mean, I have a beautiful space in my house where like in my office where I have like a, a sofa with my, you know, my plants and comfortable pillows and I call it like my cocoon space where I go and that's where I meditate daily and these things. So I usually go there and I journal. I just, I love the exercise of stream of consciousness writing yeah, and like journaling. So when I journal, I journal as if no one's ever going to read it again. Like as if it's like just for me. I I mean, I hope no one reads it again. Exactly. Oh my God. (laughs) Imagine. (laughs) But (laughs) I'll have to put that in my will that all of my journals are burnt. (laughs) Same here. But yeah, it's just this idea of like, I sit and I don't edit myself. That's what I mean. Like I sit and I journal 
And I find that to be such a therapeutic exercise. I talk about it all the time, like to my patients in the nest or in like with the Phoenix program, where it's part of my spiritual practice, where I sit down and I just begin to write and I don't edit because if I start to edit myself as if someone's going to read it, then I don't get past my analytical mind versus if I can just write and it doesn't matter, then I will soon be pouring out onto the page what's in my subconscious. And like, you know, then I'll inevitably stumble up against something where there's like an emotion that needs to be released or something that needs to be resolved. And so just creating that space to do that. So if I'm facing an ending of something or even just reflecting on this last year, like just sitting and journaling about it, And then uh, just allowing myself to feel what comes up, whether that's like grief or, you know, whatever it may be, and then inevitably moving into the gratitude and the appreciation. So it's kind of like I'm moving up the emotional guidance scale. So like, I don't know if those listening know what that is, but it's this idea that all of our emotions have different vibrational frequencies and, you know, the more quote unquote negative emotions vibrate quite low versus like fear, hatred, powerlessness, shame, anger, like those are all lower vibrational frequencies versus like joy and hope and faith and like love, like those are all more expansive, higher vibrations. And so I don't think like there's this notion of spiritual bypassing where you just like don't ever feel the negative, which I like, that's not healthy. Um, I think there's no such thing as a negative emotion except one that's not expressed. So I think, you know, to feel, to allow yourself the space to feel everything, obviously in, in a way that's not going to harm anybody, but mm-hmm. just like, you know, allowing yourself some space and some privacy so that you can feel. And then I always like to then circle back to changing the perception so that I don't necessarily stay <laughs> like, Yeah. And I, and I don't think you, most people will, like you can move through it, you can feel your feelings. And then on the other side of it, you can have appreciation and gratitude for what it's then taught you. And then, yeah, you then move on from that to then planting your intentions and welcoming the new year. Yeah. And I think like with our friendship, one of the things I love about it is how we, you know, it doesn't happen every full moon, but we come together with a circle of close friends and create that womb of container to to come and to release and let go and share you know in a safe setting and it's really powerful I feel like what we do and sometimes we've burnt stuff in fires and it's a really powerful release and letting go um, process yeah well even just I mean how many times have we done it where we've come together you know with like what we're ready to let go of, whether it's, you know, new moon, full moon, whatever we happen to be doing, but it's this idea of like, what are we wanting to let go of? And then what are we wanting to welcome? And I love fire rituals for that. I mean, that's Mm. the whole history behind Yule (laughs) as like this idea of like, you create a Yule log and we did that. Remember the party I had last year? So for those listening, Mark and I hosted this like (laughs) awesome Christmas party last year. It was, Sol- cool. <laughs> it was a solstice party. And we created, because I wanted to bring back um, some traditions like from my ancestry. And, you know, I'm Celtic and, and Nordic. So it's like bringing those two together. And um, Yule Log was a big part of that ancestry. And so this idea of 
I had, I created this little Yule log and I'm going to show people how to do this on my Instagram this year. So yeah, invite them to create one with me. So it's, I had, I had literally gone and like grabbed wood, driftwoods from somewhere like on the beach or something, and then put a bunch of greens, like evergreens around it. And then everyone had a little tag that they could write what they were ready to let go of on and then like attach it to the Yule log. And then everybody at the party did that. I think even some of the kids, like, but all the adults. Oh yeah. It was all ages. It was great. Yeah. It was so fun. And there were people who totally had probably never done anything like that before, (laughs) but they all loved it. Like everyone came together and it just created this really beautiful atmosphere. And yeah, Mark and I had built this like fire pit in our yard specifically for the party so that it'd be ready so that we could then throw it into the yule fire like once everyone Mm. had put on what they wanted to let go of and yeah it was like this whole thing of like letting go of the year and then welcoming in the new and so again it's like nature at horse of vacuum when you move through and 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 release and let go then the new will come so the I love that tradition of the Yule log. I think it's really fun. And we do a version of that most months with the new moon, full moon rituals, right? That we do again, because there's the lunar cycle and the lunar cycle has exactly the same energies, those phases, the same that we see in the yearly seasonal cycle, Mm -hmm. right? Like with the culmination and of the, like, you know, the full moon and Uh, the visibility of the new moon and then like the darkness of the new moon. And so it's the same energies repeated every month with our menstrual cycles, with the lunar cycle. And so we've come together sometimes just the two of us, other times with other friends and done that process of like, and recognizing like this pattern of like death and rebirth endings and beginnings, uh, new beginnings and just, I think it's such a beautiful thing to have that constant rhythm where you're revisiting your life yes, and like, and like reflecting and being like, what am I ready to let go of? Like, if I think of like, even just how that's mimicked in the female body of like, when we have our menstrual cycles and we are releasing, right? Like we're Mm -hmm. releasing from our wombs, you know, our endometrium, the lining and, and, you know, we didn't conceive that month and then we're releasing what's, what's no longer needed right? Like we don't need that lining. We don't need that egg. Like we're releasing and then we're making space for what is to come for the next cycle. And so I, I think it's such a beautiful rhythm to move through because it keeps us present in our lives. It's like allowing space for us to reflect and to grow and to welcome the new and to have this really, it's like, it's just this meditative rhythm that I think fosters growth, fosters connection with ourselves and others, with nature. It's just a really beautiful way to live. Mm. And then what's your process for beginnings, new beginnings? So you mean the context of just in general or like in the new year? Everything, whatever you want to, yeah, whatever you want to share. Yeah, so I kind of feel like sometimes the new year is like overhyped. Mm-hmm. And, and it might like for some people that may be the only time that they ever really think about like what they want to create in their lives versus yeah. like, I like the idea of doing that with every new moon and like being intentional so that I'm like consciously creating my life versus unconsciously creating it. I feel like that 
process, like my process, which I'll explain in a second, is heightened at solstice time because of the 13 holy nights practice yeah. that I've adopted, which is just really meaningful and very intentional because it's literally 13 days of like going into that space mm-hmm. and thinking about like, again, like what means the most to me? Why am I here? <laughs> like, what do I want to create? I'm at a point like I'm in my 40s now and I'm thinking about like the legacy that I want to create. Um, but also I feel like, oh, wow, like I'm in my 40s. I want to, I want to, there's still so much I want to do. And so I guess like my first step is again, reflection. It always starts with reflection and looking at where I'm at. And mm-hmm. then I often will just go inward and like I'm looking for inspiration. Like, where am I at? And like, what do I feel called to do right now? How do I want to feel? How I want to feel is a big part of it. I think that's why like Mm. vision boards and stuff have become so popular for people because it's not necessarily about the image. It's about what those images evoke in you. Yeah, it's feeling. Exactly. It's the feeling, right? Like, it's not about the Porsche. It's how does the Porsche make you feel? Like, I remember this patient, he was so funny. Like when we first started working together, and he came to me with his vision board and it was like covered in jets, like, <laughs> like private jets, fancy cars and mansions. <laughs> and I just remember, and there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. Like if yeah. that's really what you want, but I knew that's not really what it was about. And I remember saying to him like, okay, that's cool. So what, what's the feeling behind this? Like, how do you, how does that make you feel when you look at this? And he's like, it makes you feel powerful. It makes me feel confident. It makes me feel strong. And like uh, like wealthy and abundance and I was like okay so that's how you want to feel mm-hmm. and so then now like having worked together for a while he's like he looks back and he's like he laughs because it was never about the car it was never about the jet it was never about those things it was about him finding the confidence and the strength within himself and that's mm-hmm. so his vision board looks very different now um but again it's those things like a a vision board is just an external prompt for how you want to feel. Cause if you can feel that feeling and create the visions that evoke those feelings in your mind, then you can create it in your life because everything starts as a thought. And if we can see it in our minds, we can hold it in our hands. So for me, I guess my process of new beginnings always goes back to like reflection of like, what is it that I want to create? Uh, how do I want to feel? And then I created like a vision around that. And then I set like the little like base camp goals to help me get to that larger vision. Mm-hmm. And the larger vision I refer to as like my North star. Like if I think of like the fact that we're all on a journey and, you know, if I'm get lost in my journey and I need to orientate myself, mm-hmm. I think of like, what are the things that we what are the tools before Google maps? Like what are the tools that we use to navigate and to orientate ourselves along the journey? And like, you know, we use celestial bodies. So like the North star or, you know, we'll use a compass and we'll use a map. And so the way that I translate that and teach that within like my methodology and like, like to my patients and to my people in my programs is like, you know, your North star is that vision that you hold for yourself. It's like the dream that you hold for your future of like what you want to create, where you want to go. And then your compass is your intuition. It's what leads you. It's like always going to tell you your true North. 
yeah. and like going inward and listening. And then your map is your, those are your curiosities and your desires and your, your bliss. So what are the things that light you up? And so the things that light you up are actually the things that light your path. Mm-hmm. So it's this idea of when I go to do new, like do my new beginnings or new moon ritual, I kind of always go back to those things of like, what's my North star? Like, where do I, is it that I want to go? What do I want to create? And then I listen to my intuition to help me discern along as I navigate it, like to get there. And then my, you know, I I look at my map, which is like my curiosities that are lighting up my path. Like, what am I curious about? Or what am I excited about next? Because I remember like, this was back when I was going through some depression and someone asked me like, what lit me up? And I was like, I don't know, nothing, nothing lights me up right now. And I just remember like, I didn't find joy in a lot because like depression is actually the lack of joy. And I remember thinking like, oh, well, you know, that's not very helpful. Like when people just say, follow your bliss, like some people have a hard time with that word bliss, Mm -hmm. but what helped me was like, well, what am I actually just interested in or what am I curious about? And so if, you know, if you find yourself listening to this and you're like, I feel like I don't really know what I enjoy doing anymore then maybe think like, well, what are you interested in? Or what are some of the things that you might be curious about? And maybe it's only like a couple of things that you can think of, or maybe just one thing, but that's still, that's still one thing that's lighting the path that you can move towards. And then you follow that and then more will come. And then, yeah, that's kind of how I see it. Does Mm. that make sense? Yeah. Lots of sense. I love, love, I forget how you said it, but the lighting your path um yeah I love that image yeah and just see it like little fireflies yeah just like little fireflies just lighting the path and they'll just what you need will come as you as you go yeah just each step at a time you won't necessarily see the whole journey ahead but yeah just the here and now and what's important and one of the things too, and you brought this up when you were talking about like us coming together, like, I think it's so important to find people who you can do this with. Yeah. Cause I mean, of course I'm a big proponent for like being alone in my cave. <laughs> <laughs> I would, I've talked to you guys about this, like before, like my friends and I sometimes get teased about it, but I do enjoy being alone at times, especially like if I'm moving through something, but community is so 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 important so when we come together and you know like maybe we'll meditate together or we'll share stories draw cards like you know share wisdom with each other like Mm -hmm. or swim naked in the ocean under a full moon which is one of (laughs) the best things ever but just having that community and like coming together and sharing your experience and also like speaking your intentions out loud that's a powerful thing when you speak very powerful your intention out loud to another human (laughs) I feel like it's like it then it's another way of it's another it's like the next step of bringing it into existence so yeah so our women's circles have been huge a huge part of my process Yeah. yeah and then you had also mentioned to me earlier about this idea of like creating sacred spaces let's talk a little bit about that because I think especially like that's kind of how I see decorating for the holidays now is like creating mm-hmm. a sacred space. So if I think of it almost like Christmas, like the holidays are almost like one big like new moon. <laughs> so it's like where I'm setting this like 
these intentions for the new year, but I'm also celebrating what's past. And so I like to think of it now, like when I decorate my house, like I'm literally like decorating my altar. Mm -hmm. So it's like creating this beautiful sacred space so that like my family and my community can enjoy that sacredness of the time as well. Right. Regardless of whether they're Jewish or Christian or Muslim, like it doesn't matter because we're all entering a new calendar year together. So like someone who's in the Southern hemisphere right now, who's listening to this and they're like, it's not like, it's not winter for you. Mm -hmm. It's summer, but you're still entering a new calendar year. So maybe you're doing this like twice a year. Like you can still like, you're at the height of visibility and like abundance. Um, you know, like everything's in full bloom in the summer. Yeah. And so, yeah. And so you can get together and like celebrate that. And, and you can even like bring in the lunar cycle into the month and like, you know, use that or Christmas or whatever it is. Like you can still use this idea of like bringing family and friends together to celebrate the calendar year passing mm-hmm. and inviting in a new one and then do it again during your winter solstice in June. Yeah. There's ways to ways to do it. Just talking about beginning or endings and beginnings made me start thinking about a big ending and a big beginning in my own life. And that is the ending of my 30s and the beginning of my 40s and how, you know, that's all happening now within the next month. And it's just made me think about, reflect on my own life and all those things. And this was a time that I thought that I'd actually be dreading. But then I do remember my mom getting a card when she turned 40 saying life begins at 40. And, you know, I kind of anchored that in my mind as a young kid. And now I'm approaching that and I'm, I'm actually really excited about it. I'm welcoming the 40s. But the process that I'm going through is one of, you know, reflection on everything that's happened in the 30s, everything that was hard and difficult and challenging and everything that I'm grateful for. You know, I became a mother. I mothered two little girls. And now everything that's coming with the next decade and the 40s and knowing myself a bit better and knowing what I want to bring into the world and what I want to, you know, breathe into it. And we had talked about doing some kind of a ceremony for my 40th, you know, women coming together. And I'm really excited about it. I've heard about these things being done. You know, women have done it when they're getting married and, you know, when they do it, when they're having a baby, we have ceremony around death and, honoring a person's life. And I just, I'm quite excited to celebrate a new decade and having space to, yeah, explore all of that. I think that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Speaking, like speaking as someone who's in their forties right now, I just think it gets better. I don't know for all of you listening who are, you know, twenties or thirties, it just gets better. Yeah. (laughs) You know yourself more every, I mean, I feel like super cliche saying this because I feel like that's what I used to hear women in their 40s 50s 60s and beyond like say yeah and now I'm saying it but it's true like things something shifts Mm. and um and I do think you know just there is something to be said about like being present and yes there is something to be said about aging and there are things that you need to let go of yes (laughs) for sure (laughs) hello cellulite and and like and and, you know grieve I yes. grieve. There are certain things that I grieve that I left behind in my thirties, a hundred percent. But again, like you grieve and you let go and you create space for like, well, maybe it's like 
you know, something I'm letting go of something, but something else will come and take its place. And Mm -hmm. life kind of just meets you where you're at that way. I don't know. It's really beautiful, but I think you also, like, I want to hearken back to what you said about ceremony. And I feel like that is something with our modern day life that at least in my life, I feel like reclaiming ceremony has been super meaningful. Mm. So instead of just like moving, like going through the motions of life, but like really marking occasions, whether it's with friends celebrating like, you know, a big birthday or just the seasons in general. And like, you know, like, again, like decorating your house. I I love decorating my house. You don't have to, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like, I know there are friends that don't enjoy that. That's cool. Like do just do you, but like, it's just finding meaning. Like, how do you find meaning? Like maybe it's not in decorating your house, but maybe it's in buying a really special gift for somebody and sharing your love that way. Like it's all your love language. Like what's your Mm -hmm. love language for me? I love decorating my house and I love cooking for people. Like those are two of the things that I do that show a way that I show love. And so, and so whether it's like, you know, entering autumn and like autumn equinox and making a beautiful apple pie or, and like having you guys over for dinner or whatever, you know, like there's, there's ways to mark and to really, I don't know, it just helps you be present and like really relish life. Mm, I didn't think, I didn't think about that so much when I was younger. And I think about that more now. Yeah. And also I think being in a a situation where you're the one that's creating that, like, you know, when we Mm -hmm. grew up, our parents were the ones creating our traditions. And then, you know, in our case, we're, we're expats, we're not living by or with our family in the community that we grew up in. So we have a whole mixture of communities coming together and we get to decide what what traditions are we going to form? What rhythm do we want to make for our families? And what do we want to pass on to our children? Yeah, exactly. So when I think about the holidays and like, you know, this idea of like ceremony and I feel like I got lost in the holidays, like in the the cultural, like hustle and bustle and materialism. And I talked about this a little bit in the episode with Lara, I think it was episode nine, but yeah, I feel like I found my way back to reclaiming the sacredness of the holidays and like reclaiming that joy and the meaning. Because when I think, again, if I'm creating this space where I'm reflecting on the year past and setting my intentions to consciously create the year ahead of me and focusing on what matters most, I want to celebrate those. And that's mm-hmm. what I really feel like Christmas is about aside from like the religious element. And, you know, cause I have friends and family who aren't religious and I have friends and family who are, but aside from the religious element of it, again, whether you're Jewish, Christian, whatever, there's still this like rhythm of the year because we're all humans and we all live on the planet and there is a rhythm to the, to mother earth. And so we can, you know, come together and celebrate um, this idea of like, you know, celebrating a year past and welcoming a new one. And I have found great meaning and sacredness in reclaiming a lot of the traditions of my family and friends. And that to me has helped me find that magic of the Mm -hmm. Christmas season again. And I've reconnected with the feeling that I used to have in my youth um, that I feel like I lost, you know, and I lost it for many reasons, like commercialism, blah, 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 but also because of exam time. Like I, you know, I have 13 years, 13 years of post-secondary education. I feel like I was like perpetually writing exams and I would like, you know, sprint (laughs) to the finish Mm -hmm. line and then crash. 
and then have to go back to school in January. So it was, you know, I never really had, I remember when I was done school and suddenly I could like enjoy Christmas time again <laughs> mm. and, you know, go do fun things and not be stressing and cramming for exams. So there are certain things that I've done and uh, to reclaim that. So and had, uh, Sorry, yes. go on. What were you going to say? I was just going to say, you'd mentioned that there's, there's an offering that you have for us. So what, what, um, what is oh, yeah. that? Yeah. Okay. So when I was thinking about this Christmas season, the holiday season and thinking about like, you know, just what we were just talking about, like, how can we reclaim it? Mm-hmm. One of the things that I've seen year and year after, like year after year, I've seen this in my practice is women will work so hard on their self-care routine, like, and their healing journeys and they'll invest so much time and energy into, you know, exercising daily, eating well, doing all of the things that they know that they need to do to help nourish and care for themselves and then Christmas comes and all hell breaks loose Mm. and whether it's you know like emotional triggers from being around family and like you know stuff being activated old patterns or boundaries being crossed uh over scheduled lives like just with Christmas concerts and shopping and work functions and like all of the demands and then of course with all those demands and you know all the extra things happening, then of course, what goes? Well, our rest, like we're not resting as much, we're not feeding ourselves as well, we're not moving as much. And then suddenly January 1st comes and people will come back to my to see me after the holidays. And it'll always be the same thing. Like they'll either be beating themselves up and saying, oh my God, like, you know, I'm going to do dry January. Is there a cleanse mm. that you have for me? Like, yeah. you know, it's this inevitable like, or, you know, they're five pounds heavier or like whatever. And they're just like, uh, like I just, I was stressed out and I just fell off the wagon. And so when I think about like moving through with more intention and like more sacredness, I was thinking it'd be really fun to create, I don't want to call it a challenge, but like this, this group experience where we could just kind of move through the holidays together. And so the working title right now is how not to lose your shit over the holidays. Brilliant. I, don't know. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if that will stay. I like maybe, it. <laughs> I mean, it's true. It's to the point, right? Yeah. But it's this idea of like coming together and Mark, my husband actually had this really cool idea of creating like a digital advent calendar so and like, cool. Because I mean, advent calendars were such a big part of like growing up for me and like that Mm. magic of like every day you're opening a little thing. And so, yeah, it's this idea of like, there's going to be an advent calendar. We're going to kick off, I think, with the full moon. All these details will be like on my email list. So if you're not on my email list, sign up for my email list. I'll send out the email um, email to tell you all about it. And also I'll be talking about it on my Instagram. But, you know, just to kind of celebrate, like we're done. This is the last episode of this season of the the nest podcast we'll be starting again in january but this idea of like you know celebrating the year and kind of moving through like kind of stepping over that threshold going from 2022 into 2023 and doing it together and i'll be sharing like every day in the little digital advent calendar like different tips or tricks or things that are meaningful to help you navigate the holidays so you don't lose your shit yeah. <laughs> so you don't like fall off the wagon and yeah, so whether it's things about 
tips about how to like nourish and care for yourself or something that's meaningful about maybe a tradition that you didn't know like you know I'm thinking about the uh like mistletoe and evergreens and Christmas tree and like the real meaning behind some of these things mm-hmm. so it's just kind of like a scattering of these like beautiful little offerings culminated in this like advent calendar yeah and we just move through together I Sounds thought that'd lovely. be fun yeah and it'll great. be free it'll be free and um we just come together and it'll be fun fantastic so yeah so you can learn more about that uh in the show notes below i'll put a link um you can hop over to my instagram or uh, hop onto my email list and i'll explain that out but yeah so that'll be fun for those who want to join again it's free and we'll be there right marissa the two of us yes. bells and whistles on <laughs> and there will also be a group call so there's going to be a couple group calls where we can come together and people can ask me some questions and stuff so if they have questions but yeah it's just another way i think of intentionally moving through the season and again this idea of like consciously creating your life and mm. consciously like intentionally saying goodbye and appreciating the year that that we've had and as we you know, then move on and the wheel begins again and we start a new one. So yeah. And then this is, this is our last episode. Amazing. It's been really fun. I can't believe it's done. (laughs) I really can't believe it's done, but not that it's done completely. This is just the first season finished. Yeah. Chapter (laughs) one. And there's got, I've got lots of really fun things planned for the next season. So I look forward to that, but but again, just in you know the same tone as uh, what we've been talking about, just thank you to those who've been listening um, and for all your wonderful feedback. I've gotten, I've run into people uh, all over. I've received emails from people like, I listened to your podcast. It's so great. So um, yeah, it's been a really fun passion project and it's been great. So thank you for listening and thanks for being here with me, Marissa. Thank you. It was fun. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of The Nest Podcast. If you're a woman who's interested in reclaiming your health and well-being holistically, then I'd love to work with you. My passion is helping women reconnect with their intuition and sacred feminine blueprint so they can heal their bodies. If any of the topics from this episode resonated with you and you'd like to know more about how you can work with me, then check out my programs via my website link below in the show notes or pop over to my Instagram to say hello. And if you like this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.